0: Hello, everyone. You're listening to episode three of Intersections in Public Service, the Weldon Cooper Center's podcast that takes a look at some of the most pressing issues facing our community, how public servants of all kinds are trying to address them and what you can do to help. I'm your host, Ben Fisher, and today we're wrapping up our multi-part series on affordable housing in Central Virginia. We've established some of the key causes and effects and put a spotlight on public servants providing solutions. Today, we're gonna find out how people like you me can get involved with helping to address the housing crisis. I went back and I found out how you can help out with the Salvation Army and Habitat for Humanity. But first, the Welland Cooper Center's Center for Survey Research is starting a brand new project to help Central Virginia residents get involved in serving their community. In order for governments and other public servants to make the best decisions, they need to have the best possible data. But survey research has become more and more expensive as traditional means of reaching people become more difficult. And that's where Tom Guterbach comes in. He's creating a new way for governments to get survey data. Be Heard CVA. Be Heard CVA is a
1: regional survey panel for the Charlottesville area. We sign up people who who agree to take surveys with us. And then uh, in return, they get uh, some small incentives. But most importantly, they get to have their voices heard in important issues that
0: face our region. I spoke with Tom about how Be Heard could help manage the housing crisis facing Central Virginia today. When did this all start?
1: Uh, Well, we're in the middle of recruiting now. We've been thinking about this for several years. uh, And then just in the last year, we've really gotten picked up some speed. We got some support from the university for the costs of recruiting people and publicizing. And this last fall, we worked on uh, what should we call it, uh, how should we publicize it, what should we say. Uh, and we have um, uh, several hundred people already signed up and are hoping to have enough to start doing surveys in just a month or two from now. What is
0: the goal of BeHert's EVA?
1: Well, this is a vehicle for community engagement in our region, and so in the bigger picture, as we all know, we've had our uh, some very difficult times of division in this region after the events of a couple years ago in August 2017. And uh, this is a way for all of us to have our voices heard in a a way that uh, lets everyone have a voice and also reaches a consensus or find out where we agree on different topics. Uh, This is a vehicle for local uh, community groups, nonprofits, and local government agencies to do surveys more quickly and less expensively than they have in the past. It's gotten really difficult to do surveys in the traditional way, where you cold call people and say, hi, do you want to do a survey? People don't answer their phones. And as a result, the cost has gone up and up and up to the point where it's really out of reach for, uh, except for the very large local governments, it's out of reach for places even like Charlottesville or Albemarle. So the goal is to have a, uh, A panel set up so that local nonprofits, government agencies, community organizations can uh, do a survey of the people of our region, a valid survey, uh, less expensively, more efficiently, more quickly, and get the information they need to make Charlottesville and its region a better place. What kinds of surveys will BEHERD be conducting? For example, uh, you might do a needs assessment. Uh, what do people need, or what do they want, or what would work, what wouldn't work. Another possibility is that you do before and after assessments of some initiative. We want people to stop locking their dogs in hot cars. So we we first ask people about that, then we run some ads and public service announcements and programs about it, and then we take another survey to see if there's been a change. So you can use this vehicle to measure your
0: progress of your program. How do you go about taking those surveys?
1: Well, thanks for asking that. Uh, This is not just an internet panel. Um, A lot of panels uh, like this, uh, you have to be on the internet to do it. We're also providing the option of doing surveys by telephone. And that's very important because there is an important uh, digital divide in our society. Now, it's true that probably 80% of people in our region have some kind of access to internet, but there's some who do not. Uh, for various reasons, some parts of the count- of these counties don't even have signal for, for a, that, where you can connect. Um, but also economic reasons, and older people are less likely to be connected. So some people will do surveys by phone, some will do them on the internet. We will send out invitations. Uh, the invitations go out by email, they can go by text, or they can invi- we can invite people by a phone call. And then you can do the survey, as I said, in one of two ways, either on the web or by phone.
0: So people sign up, and then later, those people get invited to specific surveys?
1: That's exactly right. And they can, when you sign up, we ask you some questions. So everyone has a profile uh, that we, so we know some essentials about each person, uh, gender, uh, which county you live in, things like that, basic demographics. And that allows us to build then a scientific sample based
0: on uh, um, what kind of people we invite to do the survey. How do you make sure you get a good sample if people are electing to do it? Uh,
1: ben, that's a great question, and we've asked, been asked that by many people. There are two things that distinguish various panels that have been done around the country and, and internationally. One is, how do you recruit people? And the other one is, how do you allow them to take surveys? As I mentioned, our panel allows people to do surveys by phone and by internet. That allows us to to include people who might otherwise be excluded. A second thing is that because we have a profile on each person, we can be intentional about how we build the sample. So it may be that the people who volunteer, more of them are highly educated or more of them live in Charlottesville or some other problem that doesn't reflect the full population. But when we go out and send out invitations, we can... Uh, correct that to some extent. Another way that we go about uh, making sure our sample is representative is that we don't just rely on mailing out and phoning people. We also go out in person to neighborhood festivals, to local areas, wherever people gather. Could be the high school football game, could be the Festival of Cultures, uh, and we hand out leaflets and really encourage people to sign up. And that way we can get a broader uh, outreach to all segments of the community. Uh, in the end, it's it's probably more accurate to do what we call full probability sampling, but that's so much more expensive that for many people, uh, what we offer with the panel will f- uh, be well-suited to their research needs uh, and give them access to data that they just couldn't get any other way. What
0: are you personally hoping to accomplish with BHERD?
1: Uh, my biggest hope is that uh, the Cooper Center and the Center for Survey Research can reestablish The relationships that we used to have with these local agencies. When surveys were less expensive to do and easier to get people to cooperate, we were doing surveys for some of these local entities. Uh, We were doing them by phone for a while. We had a regional survey called the Jefferson Area Community Survey that was done by phone. We did that for a few years, but frankly it wasn't viable financially, so we had to stop. And I'm really excited about the possibility of using the, the magic of survey methods. So that more of uh, uh, the citizens, the groups in our area can have access to real data for decision-making and for improving life uh, in our
0: region. Can you think of any ways that Be Heard could help or influence the goals of the Salvation Army?
1: Well, I think a, a, an organization like the Salvation Army that's interested in affordable housing and other things, can other local problems, can uh, use survey information in various ways. For example, you could find out uh, how well-known certain programs are in the area. You could assess need. You could get updated information. The census does ask people how much they spend for housing and how much, uh, uh, how much income they have. Uh, and we usually consider if you spend more than 30% of income on your housing and, and utilities that uh, you're overburdened with housing costs. So you could ask those questions uh, on Be Heard as well and get more localized estimates of where the housing burden is greatest in our region. Uh, you can also uh, use it for assessment over time if you're doing some kind of intervention or information program. See if you're having an effect if over you know, over a one-year period uh, do, does people's knowledge of your programs or, or of solutions uh, change.
0: How can Beherd help the overall problem of affordable housing?
1: Well, this is an issue that interests a lot of different agencies, not not just the Salvation Army. So one thing we've thought about is that we could uh, try to work with several agencies or government groups that are interested in it to create a survey or set of surveys that are on the theme of housing and housing need. And so perhaps uh, this would be a way for uh, more than one agency to, to benefit from information gathering. In the end, however, let's face it, we're just talking about asking people questions and getting their answers, and that's as far as we can go. We are not building houses. We're not handing out subsidies. We're not taking applications, uh, but it's for that larger uh, collective need for scientific information where B-HERD can really come in. I think one other place where this can help is that uh, this is a real problem in our area, But people aren't exactly sure of how far the problem goes or how to solve it. Uh, And as with any issue, people have opinions and political agendas surrounding it, too. And what I've found over the years that surveys do is a good survey puts limits on the debate because you put facts before people. And so someone who's making outrageous claims, uh, there's no problem at all, or everybody's got a problem... They no longer can say that because the data are clear that, well, this is where the problem is, this is how big it is, the, and maybe this will work, maybe this won't work. So I think where the survey information helps is to ground the debate in some facts that are from our local area, not from some other place. How can our listeners get involved? Uh, the first thing is we'd love for people to sign up. Uh, just go to our website, which is beheardcva.org, and you could fill out a few questions and become a, a participant in our surveys. Uh, we also are, uh, have what we call street teams. We have uh, groups of uh, people, some of them are young, some not so young, who go out to community festivals and other areas uh, to help us recruit. You know, you asked earlier, Ben, about how do we get a representative sample and one, the way we do that is actively doing outreach to neighborhoods and community events where people gather, uh, so that we can uh, reach beyond just the typical civic volunteer. Uh, well, we need personable people who are outgoing, who enjoy being with others, who could help us promote CBA. Thirdly, uh, work with your organization and think about what questions you would like to ask people in this region to help you with
0: making the place a better, better for everyone. We saw in episode one that good data is what originally changed the tide from more unit-based affordable housing intervention to household-based affordable housing intervention. And that's why what Tom Guterbach is doing is so important. Gathering quality data is necessary to be able to make effective policy. Once public servants have the necessary data, they can begin to make better informed decisions, which leads to better policy for everyone. But not all public servants are in government. And last week, we saw that Habitat for Humanity has been a huge part of helping with affordable housing, and they need your help, too. How can people get involved with Habitat for Humanity, and how can people get involved with helping this housing problem in their Central Virginia community? Well, so at Habitat,
2: volunteers are our engine and lifeblood. So people can, all they need to do is contact Uh, uh, our office. They can go through the website at seavillehabitat.org and find out how to get involved. We need volunteers on the job site swinging hammers. We need people who are going to volunteer to help with financial counseling. We need folks to serve uh, dinner, to prepare and serve dinner when we have community conversations among new neighbors to help smooth the transition into new neighborhoods. Uh, We need folks... um, Uh, who want to volunteer time doing legal work for us. So every dollar that we can save from some of our overhead costs, we put directly into building. We also have a a store where we sell recycled housing products, and every dollar that we make at that store, we put right back into our housing operation. So there are a million ways to get involved. The only thing that limits us is is our own imagination, and we can be pretty creative. Uh, Other Uh, organizations need support as well. All of us need funding. We're about to enter into a capital campaign for Southwood and for expanded building operations. So we certainly need financial support. Um, uh, Other organizations need the same. In particular, there are five local housing agencies that have been very successful in creating opportunities at the various points on the spectrum. So when you're talking about homeless services, the Thomas Jefferson Area Coalition for the Homeless uh, has been very successful in helping in rapid rehousing efforts and getting people out of homelessness. Uh, the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority uh, is uh, manages several hundred units of public housing, as well as Section 8 Housing Choice Vouchers. Uh, the Albemarle Housing Improvement Program uh, helps people stay in their homes by providing services through emergency rehab and, re- and um, weatherization and projects and, and programs like that. The Piedmont Housing Alliance is redeveloping Friendship Court, which is a key strategic initiative, um, and of course, Habitat. So um, there are others as well. The, there's a community land trust that's in formation. Um, uh, LEAP, the Local Energy Alliance program, uh, helps people make their homes more energy efficient. And they're looking for ways to to bring their subsidies down to to people on the lower incomes. So there are a lot of us involved. One of the really nice parts about Charlottesville is that we all play very well in the space. We don't see ourselves as competitors, but we see ourselves as compatriots. And we know that for any of us to be successful, we all have to be successful.
0: Wow, that is a lot. Uh, <laughs> that's encouraging to hear, though, that there's so many people out there trying to make a positive difference. So... Um, One more time, if you can just repeat how people can get involved, what's the website, the phone number, whatever, to reach you.
2: Right. We welcome volunteers of lots of skill to no skill, just people who care enough to get involved. So they can uh, look us up at www.seavillehabitat.org. And that's probably the best way to get in touch with us. Our volunteer coordinator is Amy Alamong. And Amy is very creative in helping people find situations that are good for them.
0: Habitat requires the time and sweat of volunteers to make their projects happen, but they can't help everyone. And many people who are unable to find affordable housing are still left in the care of places like the Salvation Army, who also run on the generous support of local communities. How can our listeners get involved in the Salvation Army? How can our listeners help with your mission? How can our listeners
3: be public servants with you guys? Right. A perfect example was, um, gosh, was it two nights ago? No, it was actually last week. The UVA defensive linemen showed up in our soup kitchen, and they were in complete service. So from serving the food to cleaning up to taking trays away to refilling water to um, you name it, they were there in service. We go by the terms of we are our brother's keeper. And so, you know, you can help us um, by, you know, help us being our brother's keeper just by small little things, little donations or big donations. Um, I tell you what, here's a great way. Ringing the bell at the kettle. Two hours at the kettle as when you ring the bell, folks come by and put their quarters in and their dollars in. Two hours will provide 20 meals or five nights of shelter. So volunteer get your groups together and get your organizations together say, I'm going to go down and ring the bell, um, for the Salvation Army, you'll be making a huge difference. And so it's little things like that. I get my kids involved. I mean, immediately when I took the job, they were like, okay, this is what your dad's doing. This is what you're doing. It's giving back, man. It's, it's, it's just that simple. Again, um, you know, we always need monetary donations (laughs) that kind of keeps the lights on and that's what I'm, that's what I'm required to do. Um, but it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's fun, man. I think that you, you see your f- fellow man, and, I, and yeah, they're down on their luck, maybe. Um, maybe they're down on their luck. And to be able to provide, and a lot of times, let me even back up a little bit, sometimes it's less the dollars. It's more so you, you maybe show up at our soup kitchen, and now you're having a conversation with somebody you typically don't have a conversation with, and they get to learn about your day. They know about their day and so it gives them a sense of normalcy and um and it absolutely fills the heart it does and so um our guest, and we call them guests again maybe maybe down on their luck in this particular moment but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're anything less than anybody else they just need they just need a hand a, a, a leg up I should say and so, um, so how our community or our, your listeners can help us? It's first and foremost, we are completely transparent. I believe every dollar that comes in, like eighty six cents, eighty seven cents, goes directly to a particular program. And so we're we're fiscally and we're good stewards of folks' kindness and and, and generous donations. Um, but I just I like just invite folks come on down and see what we're doing. And so this is a formal invitation. You call Antonio Rice, 434-295-4058, call me up, say, hey, I want to come down and see what you guys are doing. Or, hey, I want to get my kids involved in what you guys are doing. You know, the Covenant School are wonderful, wonderful um, contributors to us. And when I say contributors, they bring their kids out and then they help us paint and they help us do beautification projects, things of that nature. So there, there's, lots, there's lots of ways to help us. But I want you to come down and take a look. Come, and, come on down, take a look, and see how you might want to get involved. I mean, I can tell you we got all these things. Like, I don't want to do that. Like we need. I tell you what, we give all these wonderful donations at our family store. Sometimes we need help sorting through that stuff and getting it out on the floor. There's lots of ways to help. Come on down and take a look. Good policy is the first step
0: that needs to be taken to address affordable housing. Not being stuck to the old ways of doing things and not giving in to lobbyists is going to be necessary to make real change so that affordable housing policy can benefit more people. But in the meantime, places like Habitat for Humanity and The Salvation Army are our first line of defense. These places need to continue running and doing the work that they're doing to ensure that people who lack affordable housing have somewhere to go, and that more affordable housing and better communities are being built in the future. With the help of everyday people, these amazing public service projects become a reality, but not without. Over the past several episodes, we found the causes and effects of the housing problem, but the most important takeaway is that While people like Dan Rosenwig are critical parts of the solution, improving the community will always begin with normal average citizens. To be part of the holistic solution, you can go to your Charlottesville City Council meetings and talk to them about changing affordable housing policy. To volunteer at Habitat for Humanity, you can visit seavillehabitat.org. And to volunteer for the Salvation Army, you can visit virginiasalvationarmy.org slash Charlottesville VA. Thanks everyone so much for joining us on Intersections in Public Service. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you wanna hear more, you can always visit the Weldon Cooper Center on our website. You can check out our YouTube channel or you could check out the podcast wherever you get your podcasts if you enjoyed this if you learned something or if it inspired you in some way to serve your community please make sure that you share this podcast with your friends and your family and that you subscribe thanks again and remember that anybody can be a public servant